This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon Damer, is that you? Larry Hardesty. Happy New Year, my friend. How are you? I'm doing great. Happy New Year. I haven't seen you since the last thing I said to you on the air was, this is our last show before Christmas. <laughs> and it was, a jo- it was a huge surprise to me at the time. So it's been a while, yeah. It's been a while, my friends. How was the holidays? Everybody was good. Everybody was happy. Everybody, uh, you know, worked, made out pretty well, I think. Mm-hmm. How about you? Everything is good. Good. Everything was good, Gordon. Everything was good. It was good. And then, of course, as you know, uh, without you last week, I was on the uh, fill-in tour. Yeah, you were do. I, I heard you a lot. You were little here. Low you were K, there. You were everywhere. Little, yeah, locay, little uh-huh. you know, little little, little little solo at night. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You know, all over the place. All over the place. A lot of fun. Good. A lot of fun seeing how the other half lives. <laughs> yeah, working in the daytime. But yes. This is this is the perfect time. Oh, absolutely. It's it's outstanding. Yeah. And you had the you had the honor of doing the last. A yeah, Rothenberg DPA to a five to eight show. Right, the final five to eight show was a. It was like a list of people that were not on the show. DPA and Rothenberg. <laughs> <laughs> they, were, they were getting they were getting ready people for when they they moved to six to ten. You know, in the summertime, they're not going to be around. Boy, well they well they they need to rest up for the extra hour. Yes, that's a that's a big spot, right? Full it time, is. drive time, so they deserve yes, it. it. They've been waiting for it for a long time. Absolutely, they've worked uh, you know, hard. I can only imagine. Because, you know, like when people find out you work at the station, mm-hmm. they, they always say, you know, they always have, you know, little tips. Like, like they think that you're going to run back to the program director with. <laughs> yeah, of course. And they, the number one was, you know, you guys need a, a, a local drive time morning drive show. You need the, like we didn't know this already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I can't imagine how many times Rick and Dave heard, you know, you guys should be on six to ten. Forget about this five to eight. You should be on six mm-hmm. to ten. So it's good. It's awesome that they are on six to ten. If those folks who told you that had had only known how right. long we've been trying to do it, and, yeah. and listen, between you and Lagreca, you guys have worked more mornings than DPA and Rothenberg. <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably. Don't I get mean, me into know, trouble start, now. Don't no, get I'm me into before. trouble. Everything's settled down no, now. No, no, I don't no, want to no, get into any. Before. Right. No, I'm talking about before even they were yes. here. Right, you it. guys were doing that. You were trying out something. Five to six was a show. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. so you were doing a lot of things, just trying to you know trying to let them know. Hey, hello. But Could people always us? would tell you that, like you're thinking, well, wait a second, you know, maybe we should, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah we realize it. Yeah, we know. So now we, we finally We tried. It. We got awesome. it going. We got it going. They got off to a great start this morning, and they'll be back tomorrow morning and do it all over again for you. So that's exciting. Gordon, I got to tell you, um, I was on the air last night when the DeMar Hamlin incident took place. And it was, Gordon, it was like nothing I've ever seen before. Um, and I've seen a lot of football games, covered a lot of football games, my friend. The ambulance on the field I've seen, but but the the reaction of not just Absolutely. the Bills, but the Bengal players and staff, you could just see. And then as you find out more information, and here, here's when you know it's scary, and you know, I'm on the air, so during the breaks, I'm, I'm looking at, I'm watching Booger McFarlane, and the big fella doesn't get emotional. On TV, Gordon. And, yep. and you could see he was getting emotional. Shefty was emotional. Ryan Clark was unbelievable after the show, just listening to him and some of the things he was saying. Gordon, that was as scary a situation as I think I've ever seen in sports. Yeah, and uh, you just realize how um, 
it's kind of crazy that that has not, you know, like it's not happened before. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just it was just a freak thing. And, and the impact that guys are on, on every play. That it's kind of crazy that, that this stuff does not uh, happen more. And and at first it just kind of seemed like, you know, maybe he got his bell wrong. You know, like you're trying to put it together because it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Uh, and then you saw the it, to me, you know, I always err on the side of oh, it's probably going to be okay. It's probably going to be okay. But then you saw the faces of the players, and the way that they would be near uh, where the thing was going on. I didn't see the actual CPR being done. I don't know if that was, um, you know, I was kind of in and out a little bit. But mm-hmm. um, when you saw the players walk away from the area and and kneel down, yeah. and it almost looked like they were like they were going to be sick. Yeah, like they were physically ill from it, and then you saw the face, obviously, of Josh Allen, where he's holding, his, you know, just in, in, in utter shock. I don't know what other word you would use. So, yeah, it was, uh, it, you know, like with our world now, it feels like we're so splintered because we have so many different options mm-hmm. with iPads and this thing and streaming and everything else, uh, and it's very rare that there's one thing that's going on where everybody is focused on it and um that was certainly what was the case last night it was a horrible thing to all of us but but it, it, i think it affected everybody kind of the same way where we're all yeah. just kind of holding our breath and you, you just keep waiting for some good news yeah it was it was weird gordon it just it was uneasy it just took you know the 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 sting out of everything you know it, because you're wondering okay what's going to happen here what's next and we're trained I think most of the players saying we hear from a bunch of folks in a couple of minutes who will give who are players who understand what it's like because they because they're there right they they've played it they've lived it but I mean Gordon you know, we're so trained to see okay he'll get up he'll be back almost like right hockey, right he'll get up he'll be back as you said earlier okay well you know I mean I've I've watched, I've watched guys you know, on the sideline you see guys get injured all the time they come back you know they say all right no we'll, we'll get the wagon no I want I remember Chris Jenkins saying this when he heard his knee the last time he in the jet uniform. And he says, no, I'm not going to, you're not going to wheel me out like I'm a piece of meat. I'm walking off. Even though it's killing me, I'm walking off. I have my dignity. So you, so you expect that, Gordon. You expect that he's going to get up, right? He's going to walk it off. Maybe he'll need help or whatever. Maybe, because the first thing you're thinking is concussion because he just dropped. So, so you're not thinking CPR. You're not thinking no, heart attack. That's the you're last not, thing you're thinking. That's not even in your thought no, process. No, you're thinking concussion, right? Exactly. You're thinking a head injury, or you know, maybe you just got the wind knocked out of him, or something. Not that. Not you know, when they're saying they're doing CPR on the field. Yeah, that's, that's a serious. sentence that doesn't really compute, right? No, you're, you're not no. used to that. No, and especially Gordon, as you mentioned, with with all the talk about Tua, right? Yeah, with, with the conversation about mm-hmm. Tua and and McDaniel saying he's not he's not in the plans for this week, and Tua coming out late last week saying I want to play, and obviously he does, you know he does. So all that's in your mind. So you're expecting this when when Demar Hamlin goes down. You're, okay, he'll, he'll be okay. He'll be up, and then it's 24 minutes, and then it's 25 minutes, and and then now they clear the field. Now the question is, are they going to play? And you're looking in the eyes of these players, and the first thing I said on the air. They're not playing. They can't play this game. No, they no can't game. play. You, because these things, they replay in your mind, Gordon. How are you going to go out and hit somebody when you just saw that? No, how are you going no to go out and hit somebody? There's you no can't. Way. No. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how they. I don't know how long it's going to take them to get over that so that they can play. Because as you and I both know, when you play football, you have to play hard, fast physical and emotional. If you don't, you're going to get hurt. 
You're going to really get hurt. You have to play. That's the level you have to play at. And so they were not mentally, emotionally, or physically able to play that way last night. They couldn't do it. No, there's no way. I mean, like if they had gotten some news that was good, right? He regained consciousness or, you know, he, he, you know, he's he's getting, you know, you see guys all the time with head injuries. You worry, oh, gosh. And then they give you the thumbs up or or something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe then. But, no, like when, when they're doing CPR on the field and the guy's being rushed to the emergency room in critical condition, no, there's no way. And I, it was just kind of odd. And maybe it was just kind of running through the contingencies of what will happen next. But it just seemed odd that they were taking as long as they were to tell you, no, the game is they're not playing again tonight. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. it seemed pretty clear as soon as you found out they're doing CPR on the field, they weren't playing again. That, And you, you just take a look at the faces of the players. They could not play that game last night. Now, I don't know. Um, you know, wasn't the right time uh, to to restart things. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at some point they are going to have to play. And I'm sure that, you know, um, for for DeMar Hamlin, it, it, he would want them, right? He doesn't want yeah. them to to uh, to cancel their season or to cancel games or anything like that. But, no, last night that was not the time to be thinking about, you know, getting back and wrapping up this game or, or figuring out a time to um, – you know, reschedule the game. It just seemed odd that they didn't just say, "We'll figure all, all, we'll figure out the logistics later." This game for tonight is not going to be played. Yeah, no question about it. Let's hear from the guys who were on the call last night. Let's start with Joe Buck on what he saw. It switched quickly, um, and it went from what is the typical everybody gather around, let's make sure this player is okay, to. Those who were on the field in his immediate vicinity administering CPR and and really pounding on his chest. And a lot of that was not on television. I have no idea what's on social media. I have not checked it. But we were sitting here, and I'm looking at Troy, and he's looking at me. And it was like, my God, what did this? this is not what you expected to see. And now, is he okay? And it went on and on and on. And then that's when the players were gathered around so tight that it was hard to, to even see what was going on. So this was uh, took your breath away. I'm, I'm sick to my stomach. If you're asking me how I feel, which nobody cares, but but that's what it feels like being here in this stadium tonight, witnessing what we saw right around midfield. Uh, now let's hear from his broadcast partner, Troy Aikman. Well, I can only speak of what it was like to watch tonight because no one's experienced anything like this. Uh, Ryan Clark hasn't, as he expressed, and all the other players, Booger McFarlane, who was in studio earlier tonight talking yep. about it, and it really is unprecedented, as, as we know. So the gravity of the situation uh, became very clear very, very soon. Uh, I saw the same things that you were seeing back in studio uh, as far as uh, them administering CPR feverishly. Uh, it's, uh, as I said, I mean, um, I, think, I think people at home can understand it, uh, that the amount of time that you spend with your teammates, as Ryan Clark said, during the season, uh, it is more than you, than you spend with your family. And so uh, it's real. Uh, the relationships are real that, that go on long after you're done playing the game. I can speak to that. But, uh, you know, to watch what we did tonight uh, was, was hard on, on everybody. And uh, prayers, of course, are, are with DeMar and his family, and we can only uh, hope for the best. Uh, and what this looks like, you know, everyone has said it, the football uh, becomes secondary. Quite frankly, 
I, I don't know how they get this game in. I, I just, uh, in the back of my mind, I just don't think they can. Yeah, and ultimately they did, after it was suspended, they did postpone it, Gordon. And, uh, you know, they still, they, they've made it clear it's not going to be made up this week. Though I yeah, guess I it'll be made up next week. I, I don't know how they're going to make it up, right? Yeah. I mean, like, are you going to push all the playoffs back? I, I don't know how. I mean, it's not, obviously it's not the, the, the most pressing thing, but just in terms of sports fans, you know, how, yeah. how are you going to make it up? There's, there's no time. It's not week two, right? It's, yeah. it's week 17. Yeah, it is. It is. They may have. I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, I don't know. I, look, you know, they have a lot of smart people that, you know, if we're talking about playoff seating, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we'll, we'll figure out. We'll figure out the playoff seating. But, there's, you know, there's a lot riding on that for the Bills, Absolutely. for the Chiefs, for the, Bill, for the Bengals. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. There's no question about it. 1-800-919-3776. We'll take your phone calls. Of course, you can hit us up on Twitter, as you mentioned earlier, at Hardest to ESPN, at Gordon Damon, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Gordon and I will continue the conversation. We'll hear from some more folks, Herm Edwards and our Bart Scott. That's next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Right before the tackle, he lowers his helmet and he kind of throws his body into his chest. He's standing up because he's thinking he's got to chase T. Higgins at an angle to make a tackle. So he didn't expect T. Higgins to launch his body back into him. You know, it's one of those things that a lot of times you see it as a linebacker, an uh, unblocked, unengaged running back comes through the hole and he knows the contact's coming. So he lowers his helmet and you can't get underneath him. So he's able to get into you your chest is exposed. So t- taking that out of the game, but they don't really regulate it as much as possible. I expect the league will be a lot more vigilant when it comes to that and using that penalty. Bart Scott, for the Bart and Han, noon to three, Monday through Friday on 98.7 ESPN. It's hard to stay in Damer. We call it ESPN New York tonight. And Gordon, it's just another thing, as Bart mentioned, that now for the folks to that regulate and coach and do things with football, something else now that they have to look at and try to monitor and I'm just saying it's 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 player safety. It is obviously extremely important, and there's no question about it, no doubt. But Gordon, it also changes the way you play football, and and it's going to take a while now to teach and coach up how to change another way that you tackle folks. I mean, look, Bart knows far more about tackling than I do. Uh, I don't know how you could ever regulate something like that. I mean, we've already seen that they don't exactly do a great job regulating the things they already have to regulate. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how they're going to be able – at some point, um, you know, and I don't mean this to be callous because of the, the, the incident, but I think it was a freak incident. And I don't know necessarily that you can say that that's indicative of something in the future. I think, I think that's what's caught us all by surprise. Uh, now, if this starts happening on a regular basis where guys are, you know, suffering cardiac arrest on the field, then I think then you have to say, well, we got to do something about it. But just one incident, I don't think that that means that you have to say, well, this is now allowed or that's not allowed. I think it was just a freak thing. It, it looked like a thousand other plays. I think that's what caught us all by surprise, that it looked just like another play. And, and I'll yeah. be honest with you, I've seen far more – uh, you know, there's, there's, there's plays every single week where you go, oh, you, 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 your immediate reaction is it kind of takes your breath away. Oh, yeah. wow. Oh, man. And they've done a, you know, a job of, of kind of taking out the, the most violent hits. But I just don't know that you can do anything about a, a play like that. It looked it looked so innocent. It, it's really scary because it just goes to show it's not necessarily how hard you hit. It's where. Right. It's it, it's it's just the location. And you said it's a freak accident. And I don't know. Are they going to have to have padding and come down there where your shoulder pads comes a little bit further down? I don't know what they're going to do, but 
you know, it's 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 a scary situation, and you know, just we just hope that Demar Hamlin comes out okay. Yes, that's that, that's the yep. number one thing you know that you have here. It seems like at least from people that are close to him, there were some positive developments today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's probably going to be a very long road from yeah. people in my own life who have kind of gone through similar situations. Uh, I would think this is not the type of thing that's going to be um, resolved anytime soon, but you just kind of keep them in your thoughts. And, and I mean, the beauty of the, you know, we we're talking about the negative of everybody being all in line and, and seeing and watching in, in horror last night is the offshoot of it uh, today with uh, the, the outpouring of support for, yes. for him, for his family, for his charity. I mean, his charity had uh, a, um, a ceiling before last night of $2,500. At last check, it was over $5 million with people, um, you know, donating money towards his, his cause. So uh, hopefully this is all good uh, mojo and, and, and it'll get to the right places and, and things will um, continue to progress, progress in the right direction. Absolutely. One more uh, comment I want to hear from. That's Herm Edwards, our coach, and here's what he had to say about last night's incident. You feel helpless. Injuries occur. You know that as a player. You know that as a coach. That's just that's the way it is. But generally when that occurs, you walk out there as a head coach, whether it's in practice, in a game, sit there with the trainers, look at the player, talk, try to visit with the player if you can as a head coach, knowing that he's going to be okay. And you leave and you go back to the sideline, you might visit with a couple players, it's going to be all right. What occurred last night, and the first responders were outstanding. They, they were outstanding to get there and to do what they needed to do. I've never seen that in 55 years of being involved in football. And you sit there and you try to grasp the situation and you go, I got no answers for this. Because look, when you're a coach, you gather information and you process it and, you know, the coaches and players know this. It's a five-second game and then you got an answer of what just happened on that play. Right, wrong, or different. And you process that. And then you come to the sideline and you try to fix things. You get the defense or the offense, whoever comes off the field, and you say, okay, we got to do this, we got to do that. You fix it and then you move on. Well, what we watched last night, we had no answers, right? And the players want answers. As a coach, you want an answer. You want to know what to tell your players. And all you can tell your players, we got to pray for this young man. We got to pray for him and his family. That Gordon is a coach in that situation. You're talking about helpless. You talk about not knowing what to yeah. do. You're talking about what, you know, from, from and everybody's looking to you in that situation, right? As Hermes mentioned, everybody's looking to you because they they always expect you got an answer. You're the head coach. You you know what you know what's going on. You know what to do. You know what's the next step. And you know, I thought they did. A, uh, both coaches did a tremendous job last night too. Yeah, I mean that's real leadership, right? I mean, I, I don't know that it's it's um, you know maybe we'll never know the the real story of uh, what the mm. league wanted to do and what the yeah. players forced them to do, but uh, it certainly seemed like the uh, both coaches and the players themselves had a real hand in the fact that um, the NFL didn't embarrass itself last night by trying <laughs> to conduct a game after something like that happened on the field. Yeah, there's no question about that, and because you just Gordon, you just had that feeling, right? When they went to the when they went to the to the locker room, you're like, okay, so what they're gonna? I mean, Stefan Diggs was trying to rally the troops on the sideline. Yeah, well, yes. look, you know, and, and it's tough, you know. I mean, to be a broadcaster in that spot is. Oh, I mean, people have no idea when no you're clue. you have to fill time without any real information, and you don't know how long you're going to have to fill the time, and it's and it's not the type of thing where you can you know, break out your B material and start telling jokes. I mean, it's a really serious situation, and uh, that's a very difficult thing to process. So uh, I thought that, that, that everyone involved last night did an amazing job. 
but it's it's hard in that environment to know really what's going on and 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 in any like live situation the first initial reports are generally you know not 100% right so mm-hmm. i don't know whether the league really wanted to continue the game last night or was really weighing that or not but if they were boy woof that's a it's just as well that whoever got them not to do that was um was um powerful enough to make sure that they didn't do that so uh yeah, I mean, everything else is kind of secondary after that. It kind of, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of Hank Gathers. Yeah. You yep. know, and I know mm-hmm. that's a long time ago. Some of our mm-hmm. listeners might not remember Hank Gathers was a, was a basketball player at Loyola of um, Marymount. Marymount, right, Loyola mm-hmm. Marymount. And um, I think it was like 1990, so it's like 30 years ago now. But uh, that's And he passed out on the court and, uh, and unfortunately did pass away. So, that, I mean, that's, that's a long time ago. But um, that that was your first initial fear, and uh, you're just kind of hoping that the, the first responders who did such an amazing job last night um, that this will will turn out on the right side. As I said, it, it seems like there has been some positive movement for him. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure he's getting the best care possible. So hopefully, we'll just all you know keep him in our thoughts and prayers and our fingers crossed and everything else, and um, things will uh, turn out far better than they looked last night. I'll say this, Gordon: who, if, no matter what. The ruling was, or the conversation, and I'm sure there was conversations. Uh, whoever said no, this is a bad look. Wh- whoever, whoever convinced right. them and had the best line, they deserve a nice uh, two week vacation in the, in the Caribbean when as soon as the snow hits here in New York. <laughs> yeah. They do because and, they know, really it, saved them. Because it would have been an embarrassing situation. If it does turn out, you know, if it did turn out that the players simply said we're not playing, you know, I think a lot of times sports fans, we, um, you know, ah, oh, these players, they have too much power. They have too much power. Mm. That is one where they absolutely had the right amount of power, and 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 they did the right thing to make sure that they did not go back out of the field after that happened. I mean, I, I can't imagine I can't how that would have happened, but the fact that it was out there without any announcement for so long makes you think that yeah. at least it was in the, the, the list of possibilities. So yeah. uh, it's just as well it didn't happen. It's not – the bad look on the scoreboard, it's been oh, temporarily – Oh, I mean, could you imagine post, how the temporarily NFL suspended. would just get excoriated and rightfully <laughs> so? Like, what are you thinking? You know, it's temporarily suspended. We'll get back to you with more information. Right. And the well, first thing you're thinking is they're trying to figure out how to play this game. Right. That's what you think. And again, I like to I like to look in the on the on the positive side. I like to think the best of people. So maybe yes. it was just like we know for sure we're going to cancel it, but then when are we going to make it up? Yeah. And in, in uh, you know, hopefully it's never in future so we never have another case like this, but right. I think the first thing you say is this game is not going to be played tonight. We don't know when it's going to be played. We'll figure that right. out later on, but Exactly. That That's what you do. So approach. so you let the people go home. Yeah. I mean, people sitting in the stadium Wonder like what what's gonna happen? How you know what what do we do? What are we are we what, what's happening here? Are we gonna have a game? Are we not gonna have a game? I mean you know, but I mean I guess guess I guess going relatively speaking, you would like it more immediate. But I guess relatively what, it was about a half hour before they made finally made it the yeah, single after ten. But yeah. it's just like it should have been done right away. Yeah, I just, I just you gotta like know, one... you gotta read the players. Right. All you had to do was look in the players' eyes and know they couldn't play. Yeah, I mean again, like just say the sentence. The, a player was having CPR. On he the went field. into cardiac arrest and had to have his heart restarted on the field. Like, as soon as you say that out loud, you realize, yeah, we, we can't. We obviously can't play this game now. It's not going to work. No. When we return, Gordon will change the subject, and we'll talk a little bit about the tale of two local football teams. One's going to the postseason, and one is not. 
We'll discuss it next. You're listening to ESPN New York Tonight on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. I'm really appreciative and grateful for the support of the fans. It's a team thing, and, and you know this was a complete team win today. Uh, you know, all three phases played really well on offense. We executed, did our jobs. Like I said, the guys up front played really well. Just proud of this team, proud of this team to come out in a game like this, opportunity to clinch the playoffs, and uh, we put together a, a good game, played played really well. So just proud to be a part of it. Witness Daniel Jones, who heard his name shouted yes, at MetLife Stadium. Oh, what a difference. <laughs> what a difference a year makes. Well, I think it was the last home game last year. Jones was out, and that was the one where they were running the quarterback sneak. Remember? I do. Yeah. From like the five-yard line on like third and (laughs) ten. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, my gosh. What a difference a year makes is right. We are the Giants. Yeah. It's it's unbelievable. They are. And, Gordon, they did what they're supposed to do. That's how you secure a playoff spot. You come in. You you just – manhandle Indianapolis. They're not very good. You know, you let them hang around a little bit longer than you probably should have. But in the end, Gordon, there was no doubt you win. And now the Giants are in the situation. This is unbelievable. Where they don't need the game this weekend in Philly. Mm-hmm. They're, they're locked in. They're the sixth seed. You know, it's, it, actually Philly needs to win this game. <laughs> I don't know if they need enough to start Jalen Hurts. I wouldn't. But they, they need to win this game if they want to have home field. Yeah, and for the Giants this past week against the Colts, like sometimes you can just tell when a game starts, oh, this it's going to be this kind of game. And and you could tell. I, I felt like even before the game when you see LT running out of the tunnel, yeah. and the, you know, Sunday, 1 o'clock, a nice sunny Sunday in, uh, in January, that you just knew that the Giants were going to show up. Uh, the fans were ready. The team was ready, and uh, they they put the smack down uh, and and finally scored thirty points for the first time in forever. So uh, yeah, that's the way you handle your business, right? You come out and you and and you you do what you did, and and uh, the Giants now locked in at six, and I think just kind of maybe not hoping and praying, but I would think if you're a fan, hoping and praying that you can just get matched up against the Vikings again. You want mm-hmm. another rematch against them rather than uh, being yep. forced to go out to to San Francisco or or maybe even the Eagles. So. Uh, yeah, that would be um, that would be great. So yeah, I mean, I don't think that many people at the start of the th- year thought the Giants were a playoff team, huh. and certainly not that they would be going into the final weekend of the season not needing the game. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> For anything, like they are locked Nothing. into the spot where they are at. They, they've got it. There's, yep. they, can't, they can't go higher or lower. They are where they are. They stay put. That's where they are. And looking ahead, even though Brian Dayball won't, I will. Looking ahead, Gord, if they do face Minnesota again, that would be another fascinating matchup, right? Because they're so similar in, in this sense. They both have really good defenses that keep the score close, and they both do well in winning one-score games. So that's what you, you know, that's where it, they're so similar. Now, they're not similar to wide receiver spot. No. <laughs> that's for sure. But the Giants have an edge running because, I mean, with, with Barkley and Jones, their ground game is very good. Yeah, and look, the Vikings are the poster childs for for playoff frauds. Yes, they are. I mean, are. they it's are true. just a fraud team. They are not. I mean, they're they are the uh, the uh, the answer to Bill Parcells. Your record is what it says. Your 
they are not 12 and four. They might mm-hmm. be technically 12 and four, but they are not a 12 win team. Any team in the playoffs, AFC, NFC, if you could give them who they would want to face in the first round, even without knowing who's going to be seven in the, uh, in the NFC or who's going to be seven in the AFC, um, they might still pick the Vikings because mm-hmm. the Vikings are just not that good a team. It's scary. Yeah. And it's because of Kirk Cousins. Part of it is because of Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I mean, how could you trust him, right? I mean, you, yeah. don't, you don't trust him. And, and look, they've been fortunate to win a lot of close games, but, you know, um, they are just not that level of team. You know, like if you had, if you said, do you want to face the Eagles or the Vikings? Well, clearly the Vikings. You want to face the Niners <laughs> or the Vikings? No, clearly the Vikings. You want? I would even say the Buccaneers. Yeah, yeah, I agree. or the Cowboys. I would rather face either of those teams than face the Vikings. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's. Uh, I think the Giants. It, it'll be a close they're game again. Yeah, they're set up well. Yeah, it'll be a close game again. But I think you know, second time around, I think the Giants have a better shot because you know what to expect. You know what to do. You just go out there and, and just put more pressure on Kirk Cousins than you did last time. That's yeah, all. And, and it's, it's, it's such a better option than the other options. Yeah, oh, it's, no, it's, not, it's not even close. I, I don't think anybody wants to face the Niners. No. no. I mean, maybe no. the, the rookie quarterback has a rookie quarterback performance. I, I guess that's possible. But they just seem stacked on both sides of the ball. Uh, and the Vikings, they just they, you, even when you're watching them, you're waiting for the meltdown. <laughs> it's true. Is it going to happen? Is it here? Is it here? Is it here? Oh, and, he, and the last time you lost on a 61-yard field goal at the gun. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Should, you could have won that one. Yep, absolutely. Could have won that game. So the, the Giants are set up. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what they do this weekend against Philly. So the big thing this weekend against Philly, no injuries. <laughs> no injuries. Now, Dave all said, as of right now, he's, he's not resting anybody. I don't know if that will change. But, you know, he may start. He may give some guys play in the second half. You know, he may do something like that. But, I mean, Gordon, you cannot get an injury in this last game. No, I, I don't think you rest anybody. I, I think you rest everybody who's, you know, uh, skill position. I, uh, Daniel Jones rests. Saquon. I mean, what's the point of playing him? Yeah. It's like a mini buy. Mm-hmm. Now, look, somebody's going to have to play, so I, I get it. But and, and there's always a potential for injury in any time that you play. But uh, in terms of the quarterback, in terms of the – the, the superstar running back, I don't play either of those guys. Nope, you don't. You don't. You just go out there and, you know, try to try to stay healthy. Tyrod Taylor, show us what you got. That's right. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see what's happening, my friend. Let's see what's happening with you. That's the positive of what happened on Sunday, mm. Gordon. Is there a negative? Then there was the Jets. And what you said about you could tell early how this game was going to go. Yep. You could tell early in Seattle how that game was going to go. And we've talked a lot about this Jet defense. And the Jet defense has played well. The Jet defense is substantially better than they were last year. It's not even close. But Gordon, over the past month, this Jet defense has not been the same. And it's it's been, I think the biggest difference you see is not the same pressures on the quarterback and not the turnovers that you got earlier. And so from the defense, and, and they, they got gouts for big play after big play after big play the, over the past month, it seems like. And for you to give up a 60-yard run on the second play of the game, Gordon, you just had a feeling like, yeah, you know, this is not going to be good. It's not yeah. going to be good. No, you, you, got, uh, you got a read on the game very quickly. And, and the thing was that 
it was still a game within reach, but it never felt like it was within no. reach. Mm-mm. It nope. never felt like it was within reach. And, you know, I was hosting for, for Rick and Dave on Monday, and, you know, they have the weekly spot with Rex Ryan, and Rex was saying, well, you know, you know you got this playoff defense. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I get the defense is far better than it was last year, and the defense is far better than the offense is. But that was a defense that let you down. That was, a de- that was the number one thing you were counting on in that game was, hey, let's uh, let our defense loose on a struggling Seattle team. Let's get after Geno Smith. Let's, let him, let's force him into a mistake. And they gave up 17 points in the first three drives. Game was over. Yeah. You yeah. could have played a month of Sundays, and it didn't feel like the Jets were going to score 17 points with Mike White no. at quarterback. No. And I text you. So left the curtain up so everybody knows. We were texting mm. on Sunday, and I said to you, uh, next year's quarterback, starting quarterback, no. is not on this team. It's not on this team. And you, and as you said, which is true, Mike White obviously wasn't, wasn't 100%. We know he wasn't 100%. He might have been 50. He might have been 60. But once again, you stepped on the field, so we have to he, – he's not giving yep. up excuses. Yep. I'm not giving in excuses. But, Gordon, it's, it's, it's very simple, man. They, they just they, – that quarterback is not here. And I heard Robert Sala, where we play it, about Zach Wilson, and we haven't given up on him. And I get what you have to say. I understand it. I get it. And the translation, my translation of what he said is simply this. Because he's the second overall pick, we'll bring him back and see what happens. He'll compete, but I'm not sure what goes on. But here's the caveat to that, Gordon. And the caveat to that is, and you have to wonder, Will they change the OC and will another OC come in and have a chance to work with him and then they make the decision? Well, for me, uh, and I brought this up with Rex and, and he disagreed, missing the playoffs this year is, uh, is a disappointment. Uh, I'm not going to say it's a catastrophe, but it's a big disappointment. But there was not a mandate to make the playoffs this year. From this point forward, there absolutely is a mandate. The Jets this regime must make the playoffs next year. So that tells you, if you have to make the playoffs next year, are you relying on Mike White as your quarterback? No. I'm not. No. Uh, you, you certainly can't rely on Zach Wilson to be your quarterback, so you got to go find your quarterback because for Joe Douglas, for certainly for Robert Sala, if the offensive coordinator, LaFleur, is back or not, it's, it's on him too. They have to make the playoffs. It's 12 years without making the playoffs. They have to make the playoffs next year. And to do that, they're going to have to go find a quarterback. No question. And everybody's on the hot seat next year. Everybody. Good. Everybody. Absolutely. Douglas, Salah, everybody. Everybody is on the, is on the hot seat next and year. And, you know, if they had went 9-8 and eight and missed out on the playoffs because the teams in front of them – uh, maybe there would not be the same feeling going into next year, but when you're sitting there at five and two and six and three and seven and four, and it looks like the schedule is getting easier, right? Like when we ran through mm-hmm. the schedule before the year, some of us thought the first five games were the toughest. Yep. Some of us thought the second five games were the toughest, but we all thought that the end of the season, well, that's going to be the easy time. And now for you to end the season, likely at five, maybe six game losing skid, uh, that shows you that the progress that you thought you had made, it was not real. It was, it was, it was almost like the Vikings. It was fool's gold, mm-hmm. right? You were a bit mm-hmm. of a fraud. So, yeah, there's, there's pressure on everybody next year. And you'd just kind of like to know what Woody Johnson's thinking right now. 
Oh. You know, the thing on the same day that the team that you share the building with is is going back to the playoffs and mm-hmm. you know, they've solved their quarterback issues. Nobody believed in the quarterback and they were able to fix him and and he's lined up for a big big contract now and everybody's feeling good about the direction of the franchise. Before Woody left, the, the organization was missing the playoffs. Since he's come mm-hmm. back, they've missed the playoffs again. You have to wonder. I know he's not somebody generally who reacts, you know, like a George Steinbrenner would or or uh, reacts emotionally. But you have to think he's got to be pretty ticked off. That wait a second, how are they? How did they go through the, what they went through with Gettleman and were able to turn it around <laughs> in a year? And I'm sitting here now going into year 13 mm-hmm. and maybe not make the playoffs. So yeah, I think there definitely has to be a mandate on everybody next year. Playoffs are bust. And his coaching. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's the biggest change in Daniel Jones. Same guy. Same guy, Gordon. Yeah. Same and player. It, I, I don't think that this last month is one that Robert Sala is going to be putting on the resume. No, it wasn't. It, Even he admitted today about the timeout situation that he yeah. blew in, in, in one of the games this month in yeah. December. The, bike, the Lions game, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. So they, you know, they, they've got a lot of. Uh, They've got a lot of hard work and, and, and honesty that they have to face in front of them. And, uh, you know, they, they got to, and the other thing they got to do, I mean, there's a list of things they have to do. <laughs> well, we'll go through it next. And we'll take your phone calls as well. Gordon Damer, Larry Hardesty on ESPN New York, ESPN New York tonight. We'll continue next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.